0: It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 6 it was all that Kit Baxter could do to keep from whooping for pure joy as she raced through the blackness towards a speck of light in the distance. Feet first, she blazed forward, riding a cushion of air as she streaked over the smooth walls of the tube at great speed towards a hidden lair far below a fashionable district of the city. The first time she had ridden in one of these man-sized pneumatic tubes, the red panda had left the emergency service lights on for her. They bathed the tube with an eerie blue glow through its clear walls and certainly demystified the process. But she didn't want the boss to treat her like a baby and insisted ever after on riding with the lights off. Besides, the sight of the earth and rocks beyond the narrow confines of the transport was actually a little more claustrophobic than racing through the pitch darkness, though she'd never have told him that. She felt the pressure of compressed air flowing up to meet her to slow her descent, she pointed her toes to eliminate the drag and keep as much of her speed as she could for a few more seconds, which he had expressly told her not to do. The tide of air rolled up her legs and buffeted against her face for a moment until she finally flexed her feet and accepted the deceleration. Seconds later, she slowed to a crawl just at the very moment that her feet touched the waiting bottom of the tube. She smiled as the tube opened with a hiss, Kit was born fearless, but if anyone else in the world had tried to tell her that a giant pneumatic tube was a perfectly safe way to travel, anybody but him, she smiled to herself with a sudden skip at the thought. She caught herself just as suddenly and composed herself slightly. She straightened the jacket of her chauffeur's uniform and stepped forward at an even clip. Behave yourself, she reminded herself by rote. Kit walked away from the tube-marked mansion she had just exited and passed half a dozen more, each bearing a sign that indicated its destination. Hangar, boat launch, downtown, and so on. She walked out into the hall. There was a light under the door in the crime lab, which was slightly ajar. Kit bit her lip a little. Should she change into her squirrel suit before joining him? She changed her mind twice before smiling and stepping forward to the open door. She wanted to show him the papers. She slid through the crime lab door as quiet as a mouse. He was seated at the large work table at the end of the room. His back turned towards her. She grinned and crept forward silently. She could see from the strap around the back of his head that he was wearing the magnifying goggles as he bent over some intricate piece of work. Her eyes scanned the workbench near him, and sure enough, the bright red domino mask lay within easy reach. Even here, in their sanctuary, he was seldom without it. It was strange. Even after all these months of dual identity, she always thought of herself as Kit Baxter. And he used both of her names interchangeably, as they seemed appropriate. But when she thought of him, which was often, it was always as the Red Panda, and usually with the mask, as fond as she was of the face that it hid. She could never be sure what he was really thinking, but it seemed to her that even in his own mind he had become the Red Panda completely— "'and the man he had been born was now little more than a mask. "'Perhaps it was just a matter of having been at the game longer, "'or perhaps every hero dealt with duality in different ways, "'but Kit believed that in his heart her boss felt as much contempt "'for the spoiled, arrogant rich boy that he was supposed to be "'as she had displayed at their first meeting.' "'She smiled again at the memory. "'Kit had only taken a job as his driver "'because she suspected his secret.' Before long, she was certain she was right, that August Fenwick truly was the figure of mystery who risked his life to protect those in the city who most desperately needed a champion. For weeks, perhaps months, she had played the game, pretending to believe the paper-thin excuses he always gave for having her drive the limousine to the most unlikely neighborhoods. She accepted his strange behavior with nothing more than a, "'Yes, boss,' "'and turned a blind eye to his occasional mysterious injuries. "'As much as she had wished she could do more to help in his crusade, "'she feared her open assistance would be unwelcome, "'that he would send her away rather than risk her life, "'or worse, use the hypnotic power the Red Panda was reputed to have "'to erase her memory. "'She had hated the thought of that "'and had assisted him as best she could while playing dumb. "'At last the day had come when she could pretend no longer,' when the only way to save his life was to crash the limousine through a warehouse wall, running over the goons that had tied him to a chair in the process, and cold-clocking the gang leader with a right cross to the nose, just like her old man had taught her. She hadn't said a word after she'd freed him, just stood there with her chin out, daring him to object. They had stood like that, wordless, for nearly a minute. In the end, all he'd said was, "'We should go.' For a week, neither said a word about it, each of them waiting for the other shoe to drop. She still didn't understand why he hadn't fixed her little red wagon when it would have been so much easier for him to do so. She liked to think it was the punch. In the end, it had been him who blinked first. He finally asked her what she wanted to keep quiet, as if he expected her to name an amount. He didn't expect her to ask for a mask of her own and the right to fight at his side. He had protested, of course. "'I would think it would be easier to share a secret with someone "'if they had a secret, too,' she had said coyly. "'Are you blackmailing me?' he said, suddenly grave. "'If that makes it more exciting for you,' she chirped her heart in her mouth. "'It was at that moment that Kit Baxter learned that there was one single way "'that she could catch the Red Panda off guard and leave him momentarily flat-footed. "'He knew a dozen martial arts, but flirting wasn't one of them.' "'Kit Baxter, behave yourself,' he stammered after a moment and said no more on the subject. "'The next day she had opened the door of the car and found a cowl on the front seat. "'It was plain black and unadorned by ears. "'The code name came later with the gliding membranes he'd designed for her, "'but it had thrilled her at once. "'Beneath the cowl was an envelope with directions to the secret entrance "'to the pneumatic tube she had just exited. "'And so had begun the long hours of training.' The thrill of the danger, the pride in making a real difference to people who needed her help desperately. The first step on a journey of adventure that few young women would have welcomed. But for Kit Baxter, it was a dream come true. The learning curve is always steep for a sidekick, but even the Red Panda had to admit that she was a natural. Crime detection and theory, safe-cracking, lock-picking, code-breaking, she ate it up and asked for more. Stealth, acrobatics, and every combat style he had spent years perfecting... He had never seen her discouraged by failure and had never seen her fail at something twice. And if he had the slightest notion that she might have more than one reason for working so hard to earn a role in his life larger than chauffeur, he had never betrayed a sign of it. How well, she thought, her mind returning to the task at hand as she crept up behind him in the crime lab. Where there's life, there's hope. He was completely engrossed in his work, "'He could have no idea she was even there. "'The question you should ask yourself,' he said suddenly, "'nearly making her jump out of her skin, "'is did I hear your footsteps, the newspaper, "'or can I actually hear that impish grin spread all over your face?' "'He turned around in his chair to face her, "'wearing a smug little smile, "'but neglecting to remove the magnifying goggles "'which made his eyes look gigantic like a cartoon owl. "'She burst out laughing in spite of herself. "'His face fell.' "'Just a little,' and he turned back to the table. "'Sorry, boss,' she said, biting her lip. "'I brought the papers.' "'Oh, yes,' he said, removing the goggles at last, "'but not yet looking back. "'He seemed to be putting the finishing touches on some new gizmo. "'Kit never did appreciate competition from inanimate objects. "'There are pictures,' she said, sliding up behind him "'and placing the morning chronicle before him on the work table. "'Instantly she thought this might be overplaying things,' just a little. She felt herself getting flustered at the sudden proximity, but she was never one to call her own bluff. This is Big Joe Tanuti being hauled away on a stretcher. He slept like a baby for five hours, almost missed his own bail hearing. I'll bet he wishes he had, the red panda smiled. She could see the tiny hairs on the back of his neck stand up as she breathed. Her pulse was running a quick foxtrot. She turned the page. "'Here's Chief O'Malley refusing to confirm that we signed our work.' "'She pressed on, feeling a little hot under the collar. "'Looks happy, don't he?' "'He always looks a little like that. "'His eyes stubbornly refused to wander. "'And here's a photo of our autographed ledger on the next page. "'O'Malley must be going out of his mind, "'wondering how Jack Peters got that picture. "'I sent it to him before we planted the ledger into Nudie's car,' "'he said with a smile playing around the edges of his mouth. "'You what?' she cried in amazement. I thought you might get a kick out of that, he grinned, and I don't mind the occasional curtain call when we've been particularly clever. And the chance to really bother O'Malley? He turned to her and met her eyes just inches away. Never even crossed my mind, he said with mock sincerity. He smiled. Is there more? More what? she half-murmured. His brow's knitted, genuinely puzzled. Kit felt her cheeks flush. She turned back to the papers. Uh, There's a nice little photo essay on page 16 of the raid at the Hi-Hat Club. Apparently, when they heard Big Joe'd been pinched, most of his soldiers took it on the lamb. The cops didn't have too much of a fight on their hands. They cleaned the last rats out of the nest and boarded the place up. The head of the public decency committee says we should get a medal. Just one? Maybe they figure we can share. Her cheeks felt like they were their normal color again, but she couldn't be sure. Speaking of shiny things... "'I made you something,' he said, turning back to the workbench. "'You did? And here we are all out of elbow macaroni and glue.' He turned back to her with a look of triumph on his face and a small rectangular membrane teeming with wires and microcircuits in his hand. She blinked at him twice. "'Ta-da!' she said at last a little weakly. "'You don't like it?' he seemed surprised. "'Well, it ain't flowers and candy, but these days a girl can't be too choosy.' Maybe if you gave me the first idea what it was. hm? Oh! Yes, of course, he said, leaning forward with excitement. You know, of course, how I use a low-level mental projection to convince our opponents that they see me in one place when I'm really somewhere quite different. Yeah, and then they shoot at nothing, you laugh, and they start whimpering. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, she said with a smirk. Well, it occurred to me that you could use something similar of your own. Her eyes popped open wide. You're going to teach me hypnosis, she said excitedly. Uh, no, he said, shifting a little in discomfort. It's fun to do, but not to learn. You wouldn't like it. There's a lot of meditating. I don't know what that is, she said, with her chin out and her brows knit. It means sitting very still and very quiet. I can do that, she protested, for a few days at a time. Oh. "'It's just not on the list of things I can picture you doing,' he said gently. "'An evil smile crept across her face. "'You mean there's a list of things you can picture me doing?' "'He cleared his throat. "'Just a little. "'She showed no mercy. "'Where is this list, and when can we start checking things off?' "'Kit Baxter, yes, boss,' she said triumphantly, not waiting for him to finish. "'So what's this, what's it, and why is it better than hypnosis?' This, he said, returning to the device, is a ventriloquator. I never heard of those, she said skeptically. That's because this is the only one there is. I thought up the name just now. Suddenly he was excited again. Remember the sensors built into our gloves that can detect certain preset patterns of muscular flexing in our hands in order to remotely control the push and pull of our static shoes? I have a vague recollection of that, she smirked. "'Will these sensors detect the unconscious muscular movement in the throat "'associated with specific thoughts "'and use them as a guide to target your voice?' "'Target my voice?' she was genuinely puzzled now. "'Yes,' he seemed not to have noticed at first, "'the ventriloquator throws your voice. "'Didn't I mention that?' "'Sometimes if you start a story at the beginning, "'then do the middle, then the end,' she said like a patient schoolmarm "'speaking to a small, dull child. "'Do you want it or not?' he deadpanned. "'How does it work?' Well, it'll take some tweaking to tune it to your own muscular signature. I've been testing it on myself. He seemed apologetic for some reason. But once you're used to it, it should be second nature and completely hands-free. We'll sew it into the bottom of your cowl so the mask holds it up against your throat under the chin. His hands reached up towards her and held the thin membrane against her neck. His fingertips brushed up against her throat. She swallowed hard. Now. "'He said, oblivious. "'Think about your voice coming from that filing cabinet to your right.' "'What?' Kit said, still flustered. "'I can't. You don't have to do anything. "'Just think about it and talk normally. "'The device will detect the slight muscular effort "'and direct the sound accordingly.' "'Kit blinked a little as she watched him, "'sitting there with a grin of expectation on his face. "'She tried very hard to think of anything "'other than grabbing him by the ears and kissing him. "'Now say something,' he said.' I don't know what to say. They both blinked in amazement. Her voice had come right out of his mouth. That was a little strange. He seemed cross with himself. The settings must be all wrong. Wait, uh, boss, let me try again. She closed her eyes and tried much harder to think of something other than grabbing him by the ears and kissing him. She peeked quickly at the filing cabinet to her right. "'Hey, let me out of this filing cabinet!' came Kit's voice from the cabinet's third drawer, complete with muffled echo. "'Boss, that's amazing!' she cried, her momentary lapse quite forgotten. He beamed with pride. "'Use it sparingly until I can get the settings refined. "'Go grab your cowl and I'll get this fitted in.' "'Then what?' she buzzed excitingly. "'Then we hit the town.'